John chapter 13, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, so Jesus knew that the next day he was going to die. The next day he was going to be crucified. It says, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed, Needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. Every whit is everywhere. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. On the eve of Christ's crucifixion, in verse number one, the Bible says Jesus loved his own. He could have been self-absorbed, self-consumed, and distracted by the impending suffering that he was going to face the next day, but instead he pushed his certain suffering aside and he loved his own 
unto the end. Now, who were his own? His own were his disciples. Jesus loved the multitudes. He preached to the multitudes. He fed the multitudes. He healed the multitudes. But his own, in this context, were his chosen disciples. In Mark 3.14, it says, He ordained twelve that they should be with him. He chose them to love them on a daily basis. And the Bible says he loved them right to the end, right until the end. Now, who is your own? Well, your own are those closest to you, your spouse, your children, your parents, your relatives, your pastor, your church family, your Sunday school class, your neighbors, your classmates, your fellow workers. God wants you to care for the multitudes, but he has given you a few to love unto the end. How long are you to lovingly serve those closest to you? Until the end. Until the end. And verse 17 tells us, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. According to Robertson's word pictures, the verb structure of the phrase, if ye do, if ye do them, if ye do, it means, it literally means if you keep on doing, if you keep on doing. We see in this verse, it says, if ye know these things, happy are ye. No, it just, it doesn't say if you just know these things. It says, if, if you know these things, happy are ye if ye keep on doing them. Just knowing does not bring happiness. Or just occasionally doing. Happiness is the result of constantly, lovingly serving those whom God has given us to love. This is the law of advancing returns. Jesus said the byproduct of unselfish living is happiness. The return on living for others is an abundant life. Happiness will not be the characteristic of our lives if selfishness dominates our life. Happiness will not be the characteristic of our life if our focus is on how we feel. Selfishness produces diminishing returns. Are you easily distracted and absorbed in yourself? As soon as your focus turns inward and your comfort is your primary concern, if you are not careful, before long, how you feel will be all that matters and your only pursuit. When your comfort is the focus, you will never satisfy the beast within. And happiness and abundant life will elude you. Each day should be governed by this goal. I'm going to love the people in my life today. 
and I'm going to love them unto the end. I have them today. I'm going to love them today. It is a purposeful choice to take our eyes off ourselves and put them on others. So who has God given you to love? God wants you to love them unto the end. On the eve of Christ's crucifixion, how did Jesus love those that the Father had given him? When he could have been consumed with his pain and his heartache, how did he love his disciples? Well, look at verse number three. We see, first of all, that he humbled himself. It says in verse number three, Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He knew who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew from where he came and where he was going. He knew exactly who he was, yet he laid aside his position and washed the disciples' feet. Foot washing was the work of a slave in these days. His disciples were frail, sinful human beings, and one of them was a traitor. And yet Jesus humbled himself, took upon himself the form of a servant, and he served these human beings. He is God Almighty, and he's on his knees with a towel, washing their dirty feet. He loved them by humbling himself. Number two, he loved them by serving. Look at verse 4 and 5. He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. He loved them by humbling himself. He loved them by serving them. And we need to look for ways to serve those whom God has given us to love. And then we see verse 6 through 10, he loved them by constantly forgiving them. He loved them by constantly forgiving them. Now in verse number eight, Peter tells Jesus, thou shalt never wash my feet. But Jesus tells Peter, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now this word wash is the Greek word nipto. N-I-P-T-O, and it means to wash part of your body. So if you're to wash your hands, that would be nipto. The word part, he said, if, if, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. The word part is the word meros, M-E-R-O-S, and it means participation or having a share in someone or something. Jesus is saying to Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you won't be able to participate with me. You won't have a share or portion of me. Jesus is telling Peter 
if you are defiled, if your feet are dirty, we cannot commune together. We cannot be close together. Now, Peter desires to be close to the Lord, so he responds by asking to have his feet, his hands, and his head washed. Peter wants to be close to Jesus. Peter doesn't want anything to damage his relationship with Christ. And when we find sin in our lives, we should have that attitude of Peter. I want it washed away quickly. In verse number 10, Jesus tells Peter that it is not necessary for him to be washed all over. It is only necessary to have his feet washed. Look in verse 10, it says, Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are, all cl and ye are clean, but not all. Now the word washed here, you see, see there it says, he that is washed. Now this is a different word. This isn't nipto. This is a different word, L-O-U-O. -O. Not exactly how to pronounce that, but it means to be completely bathed, to be completely bathed. When you get in the shower, you completely bathe. You wash everything. It's different than just going to the sink and washing your hands. And um, he, Jesus says, he that is washed completely needeth not save to wash his feet. He says you just need to get your feet clean if you've washed completely. The Lord used a custom of the day to illustrate this point. In the culture of the day, people would travel to a public bathing place or shower house. Aren't you thankful that you have a shower in your house? You know, when you go camping, you got to go to the shower house. You got to go to the shower house. Now, that's the only way Mrs. Mackay will go camping, is if there's running water, electricity. Well. Yeah, she can do without electricity, but there has to be a shower house or else we're not going to that campground. Now, Brother Marshall, he'll go camping where there's nothing. And um, you get to the top of that mountain that he took us up there one day. Those outhouses up there are the dirtiest things in all of creation. Um, but the, um, Mrs. Mackay would never camp in that sort of place. Never. But. In, the, in, in, in this day, they would go to public bathing places or shower houses. They would shower, and there they would clean themselves all over, dress themselves in clean clothes, put on their sandals, and return home. On their return trip, their feet would come in contact with all sorts of defilement. And when they arrived home, their feet, needed to be washed, but their bodies were all clean. So it was only necessary for them to wash their feet. Jesus was telling Peter, your sins have been all bathed away in my blood. You see, Peter had put his faith in Jesus, and Jesus was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. 
When we come to Christ for salvation and put our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, he cleans us completely. We are covered by his blood. His righteousness is imputed or it's stamped on our account. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4 that sin can't even be written down on our account. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus Christ is. And he, he said, Peter, um, uh, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. Now, he also says in this verse that not everyone there was washed. Not everyone there was saved. And that's a good question to ask. Are you saved? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sins and trust Christ as your Savior? His blood is sufficient to wash away all your sins. And after we're saved, we need our feet washed because we're walking through this life. We're living in a fleshly body and we're living in a sinful world. So as we walk through this world, we become defiled. But Jesus said we can get our feet washed. And if we get our feet washed, we can walk closely to him. We can have close fellowship with him. Now, one of their group, Judas, he was not washed completely. He got his feet washed that day, but he was not washed completely. And so that foot washing did him absolutely no good because you've got to be saved. You've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal savior. <clears throat> so Peter, as he walked through this life, his feet were contaminated with sin. And the Lord doesn't like dirty feet. And the Lord can't have close communion with a Christian who is dirty. But this we must understand, Jesus was willing to forgive his disciples every time they sinned. He was willing to wash their feet. And if we're going to love those whom God has given to us, we have to be willing to forgive like Jesus did. You're going to have to have the foot bath. If you're living with other human beings, you're going to have to have the foot bath ready at all times. Ephesians 4 commands us, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Jesus was willing to forgive his disciples as he walked through life with them. And we are, we are told here at the end of this chapter, in conclusion, it says, it says, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done. And what was his example? He humbled himself. We need to do 
as He has done. We need to humble ourselves. We need to serve. And we need to be willing to forgive. That's what Jesus did. And He commanded us to follow His example. And we see in verse number 16, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. He's the master. We are the servants. We're not greater than him. Neither is he that sent greater than he that sent him. So considering Christ's example, we have no right to live selfish lives. We need to live lives like the Lord Jesus Christ emulated. And then where we began tonight, verse number 17, if you know these things, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Happiness will be yours when living for others becomes your way of life. If you keep on doing. It's not enough just to know it. We have to keep on doing. We need to keep on doing. When? Until the end. The Father loved His own which were in the world. He loved them unto the end. And that's what we need to do. We need to love those that God has given us unto the end. So tonight, have you been washed? We sang it this morning. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been Washed completely. Have you been saved? If you're not saved, if you don't know that for sure, during the invitation, raise your hand and we'll have someone take a Bible and show you from the Bible how you can know that for sure. And then secondly, how are you doing at loving those whom God has given you? How are you loving your own? We're to love the multitudes, yes, but we have a special um, responsibility to those that God has put in our life. And how are you loving them? Are you humbling yourself? Are you serving? Are you forgiving? That's what God, um, and that's the secret to happiness according to Jesus.